This is not just another fitness podcast. Food is so much more than just fuel. Keep things simple. That goes for training and diet. Chips, cheese and hummus, you should try it. Don't take this stuff too seriously. Balance is just really not sexy. Eat plenty of fruit and veg. It's not rocket science. Having a six pack is just totally not worth it. That's a lie for a start. (laughs) (laughs) Walking every day has to be one of the best things you can do. Honestly, I hear this shit on a daily basis. Nobody got fat from eating too much fruit. Green peppers to rank. I do like a Snickers. Just be honest with yourself. Have you tried the Aldi milk chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. Honestly, if you're struggling, just ask for help. In most of my consultations, I actually don't talk about food. No, Diet Coke doesn't cause cancer. Sometimes you have to think about the effort versus the reward. Calorie deficits are boring, but they work. Oh my God, my gran used to take me to Wimpy. It's never too late to start lifting weights. You can take your Manuka honey and shove it up your... (laughs) That made me die. (laughs) (laughs) All this is going going on as well. Welcome to episode number 41 of the Not Another Fitness podcast. As always, you are joined by myself, Amy Rambo Ramshead. And uh, over on Zoom today, we have, I'm going to intro you, Andrew. Daddy Scrags. Uh, is that the is that the new name now? Big Daddy Scrags. Big Big Daddy Scrags. <sighs> Come on. What, 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 what do you want to know? What do you want to ask? So on the eighteenth of January, Sarah and Andy welcomed into the world their beautiful baby boy. Congratulations, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, little Maxwell John Sturgeon Scrags to give him his full title to give him his full title and he's an absolute hero he is a little hero yeah and he, i mean it's gonna be maxwell or max or maxi or Dave. maximus <laughs> maximus is a nice <laughs> one yeah i like that but no he's good though he's good he's a little he's a little champ and he's being entertained at the moment by his grandparents so uh Lovely. granny sue and grandpa ronnie getting their oh. first bit of babysitting in drafting them in early yeah, you've got to get it in early. You've got to make it. that routine. Yeah, make it make it normal from the get-go. I'm sure they were super keen, though. Come on. Uh, I mean, think about it as well, because they, they haven't been around, um, you know, for, God, God months and months. Didn't see An them at Christmas. excuse now, yeah. It's so nice. It was yeah. so nice. It was nice having them come into the house and like, have a cup of tea with them. But when they're, yeah, when they're sat with the little man, it's hard not to, yeah, it's hard not to kind of, the well up or it gets your heart going especially watching Sue she was just sat there I mean I was saying to this I was saying to you before we come on I mean it's an emotional roller coaster and those first few days you just feel like you're going to break down yeah anything you see that's like the slightest bit emotional it's like boom that's gone and watching Sue there was yeah it kind of melts your heart a little bit you're quite in touch with your emotions anyway really aren't you mate a little bit too in touch for mate if the uh (laughs) the truth be known because the midwife, the midwife comes around, like you get all oh, like the health visitor comes. I think it was like two days afterwards. Don't quote me on that. It's a bit of a whirlwind. But she was saying to Sarah, she's like, right, you know, for the next couple, you know, the next day or so, your milk's going to come in. It's quite an emotional time. So she kind of made a joke. But she's like, don't watch any emotional films. She's like, it will set you right off. And Sarah was like looking at me, being like, you need to tell this to him. He's the, <laughs> he's, he's the wreck of this <laughs> this couple. <laughs> Oh, mate. No, super chuffed for you. He looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, can't wait to meet him eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad Sarah's doing well as well. Yeah, she's okay. good. I mean, he's only a week old. We, we're recording this on the 25th. So Less than a week old, in fact. Less than a week old. So this is going real last minute edit. So I'm under strict instructions not to fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, though, I'm, I was the last one to commit a, a technical error, so mm. don't don't feel bad, mate. It doesn't matter, mate. It doesn't matter. The main thing is that Maxwell is here, Sarah is safe and well, you haven't lost your head yet, and, you know, <laughs> you look quite rested, so I think we're going well. Yeah, I mean, don't hate me, parents here, and I'm sure things change, as I've been told many a time, but probably got six and a half hours sleep last night. <laughs> 
living the dream. I mean, there are many a night when I don't get six and a half hours sleep. Oh, oh, that's for me. That's pretty standard. I was going to say you're usually up at four in like the non-COVID world to get to the gym and stuff. Yeah, he's he's a little bit too relaxed, old Maxwell. Like when he feeds, he, he goes for it, but then he uh, give it two just... years. <laughs> Come back, you. come back to me in two years. Yeah, yeah I'm enjoying this honeymoon period though. It's great. Um, what this does mean though is you've done absolutely no prep for our podcast today. <laughs> well, at least I feel like this week I've got a legitimate excuse not to yeah. have done anything. True, true. Um, so today we are going to be discussing. Um, we threw around a few topics. The one that's kind of stuck is, um, and it's something I did a little bit of a kind of a Lucy related Instagram story on today and it's as always it's based around like experiences that we have with clients or things that have popped up in the media and we're going to talk about data um, particularly data in the fitness industry um, closely linked with like how we track our data so fitness trackers but also other forms of data tracking so for example like um, the scales excuse me, as like a form of data, actually like food weighing as well as a way of tracking our data, tracking calories. We're going to have a really like general discussion about all these things and as to whether they're useful, what we should use them for, when we should use them, should everybody use them, what we use as well as fitness professionals and as nutritional coaches. Um, Just to maybe give those of you that do track or do actually kind of monitor your data with regards to and I'm going to say energy input and energy output because I think that's like probably one of the good ones with regards to fitness trackers and also in terms of like weight loss um yeah just to give those of you that do track any form of data a little bit of perspective or maybe like a different way of thinking yeah sounds like a plan mate sounds (laughs) sounds like a plan I always wait for some like knowledge bomb from you and you're like (laughs) yeah yeah Okay. Well, as we're completely freewheeling this, I mean, I was thinking um, when you started saying that, because when you first said data or like fit, like a fitness data, um, my head goes to um, my watch and like tracking, tracking my runs mm. and tracking up minute miles. So like instinctively for like me personally, that's where it goes. Um, and there probably is a bit of a distinction between using it for, I suppose, more performance based uh, metrics. So whether that's like how fast you run or how much you lift or, how many reps you do of a certain exercise. Um, that's kind of almost put that slightly separate compared oh, to yeah. Yeah, like weighing like weighing food or using my fitness pal um and those kind of things. Yeah, there. I would completely agree. I think any kind of like if we are talking about performance, so and when I say performance, I would mean like um timings of runs, weight on the bar, um yeah, like VO2 maxes, even though that's quite hard to like really measure in terms of individual. Have you ever ever done that, mate? No, there's no part of me that wants to go in that hole. Thanks. No, absolutely not. I did it. um, I did it uni a couple of times on the treadmill. Yeah. And one of them was on a Thursday morning. Mm. So after like a big Wednesday night out. And when we got there, there's two treadmills in the lab set up with all the gear. And there was buckets uh, next to each of them. And some guy was like, what's the bucket for in case we're sick and the guy's like yeah yeah that's that's exactly what it's oh there God. for and it was they would they were running them um, at similar times so they kind of the, the guy who was uh, like the kind of lab technician guy was like oh if you put because it was like a lad heavy group he's like oh if you put guys next to each other on the treadmill he goes yeah getting that bit of extra competition going is good he goes because you'll stay on for longer <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you're like you don't want you will actually kind of give it your yeah. give it your all but yeah it's not pleasant yeah. Oh, no, running with something in, in like in your mouth like trying to breathe is yeah. not that's awful no. as well that's not nice no so. but any kind of like performance metric I think we both agree is actually quite important to monitor in terms of especially if you have a strength goal a performance goal an endurance goal you're training for any kind of competition like you should be monitoring those that kind of data in order to see that you're making progress in order to see that you're improving you're on track do you need to alter anything um that is very useful data. I think we would both agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll, I'll kind of pick up on that point a little bit. So again, when I, when I think of data, so like everyone's got their own kind of uses, I suppose, and scenarios or uh, where they are in their training journey or fitness journey. But the, 
as a broad strokes kind of um, opinion, I suppose, of data and how to use it, I would say it needs to be goal relevant. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to track calories or I'm going to track weight on the bar, I'd be like, well, no, start with what is the goal? Podcast bingo. And then, right, so if getting stronger is the goal, like improving your bench press is like that's the ultimate goal, then I'd say probably tracking what you're benching is going to make, is going to be a time well spent versus weighing your food, for example. Yeah. doesn't mean you can't do both, but it's just right, well, for this goal, we really need to track this yeah. one thing. That's like a non-negotiable. Yeah, and it doesn't mean the tracking the food is not important, but in comparison, in, terms of, in comparison, in terms of like effort versus reward, if you're trying to get stronger at bench press and you're not tracking how much weight you're putting on your barbell before you actually pick it up and bench it, then that's going to be the one thing that's going to get you closer to the goal than weighing how much protein you have in your dinner. That's a great point as well about um, like the effort versus reward, because actually tracking things like, well, like take runs, for example, now, if you've got... Um, uh you know fitbit apple watch you know pick your um tracker of choice how easy is it to track you go for a run press start press stop and then when you finish the run you've got minute mile splits heart rate recovery distance traveled you can flip between kilometers and miles it's that's easy that's mm. easy i mean again how you interpret it and what you do with it different question but actually just getting the data and being able to look at it on a on a little spreadsheet or in the app, it's amazing what, yeah. what we can do now. It is. Whereas something like tracking um, tracking what you eat and weighing food, you can get a pretty comprehensive data set there, but there's a lot more effort involved in that. There's mm. a lot more. It doesn't do it itself. It's not like you kind of just talk into fitness pal and say, oh, yeah, I'm having um, steak and chips tonight. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to stop weighing stuff out. And, oh, is it dry weight? Or what is that? You know, what sauce? Or what am I cooking yeah. it in? it becomes a lot more kind of time costly. Yeah. So where should we start then, mate? Should we start with fitness trackers and like actually benefits and um, drawbacks and uh, how we should interpret that data? So let's talk about like wearable tech to start with. Yeah, then, that, I think because that, that, that's probably the one that like I would say most people, most people have. have. Um, so what are you, you're, you, you, you're the one that's had the baby, not me. What do you use yours for? So your runs, your steps. I mean, that sounded a bit like Max there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good at interpreting baby now. Yeah. Um, I speak baby. I mean, you can, you can sound like, you can sound really good with baby because you can basically say it's either, oh, I think he's hungry. Oh, I think he's I think he's overstimulated. Oh, I think he needs a nappy change. It's one of those. Yeah, I was going to say. What did you say earlier? Oh, he's just shit himself. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I won't. Um, no, don't. I won't indulge the listeners with that. It's uh, unpleasant. Um, Wearable tech. What do you use your fitness tracker for, Andrew? So I've I've got an Apple Watch, and I would say. See, even that question, right? So like generally from day to day, I just keep a little eye on um, my like movement, like how many steps. Yeah. I just keep an eye on it. I'm not really tracking. It's just kind of there. Oh, not so much in the last week, funnily enough. Um, and yeah, but when I go for, when I go for runs, even if I'm not training for something um, specific, I'll, I'll just have a look and see like, you know, minute miles and like how far how yeah. far I've gone they're they're probably the things that I do I'll do kind of as a matter of course that's just something that's kind of running in, in the background if I'm trying to um if I'm if I've got a race coming up or if I'm trying to uh, deliberately get faster with a running then I'll start I'll go out with a set intention you know to run certain minute miles and I'll be using that data to be like right that felt easy that didn't that felt too much I didn't recover as quick enough and then I can start using that data to kind of tweak the the program moving forward so th mm. th that's kind of how I would I, I don't go into like um, I do look at heart rate and stuff like that but again it's not I'm not really paying attention to it does that make sense yeah. I find it all quite interesting like all the little numbers of my resting heart rate and stuff mm. and but a lot of those things you don't really need to be looking at them again if you if your healthy habits are good like I don't need to be checking like my resting heart rate every day. No. Like I'm kind of, I feel all right with that. 
<laughs> like I'm, I'm sure it, I'm pretty pretty um, sure it's in a good place. Whereas actually, when I first got the watch, um, and I really at that kind of around that same uh, moment in time, I, for six months, I really really um, pushed hard with the running, and, and my resting heart rate over like six months came down. Mm. So that was really nice to look book, uh, to look back on six months down mm. the line and be like, oh wow, like it's gone from like. Um, I don't know, like uh, low fifties to like high forties. And I was like, mm. Jesus, that's, I've never seen it that low before. I've never been that fit before. So you can see it's really not, it kind of, that is a, a really good, um, I suppose kind of reinforces what you're doing. Like you feel you're getting fitter, you're running faster, but it's just another little metric to be like, oh mm. yeah, I'm recovering better here. That's, that's good news. That's useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have the Huawei fit assistant watch um very more affordable than the apple watch i must say but i also have a huawei phone so the two link together really well yeah it makes so sense mate. Makes it makes sense. sense and actually do you know what i'm super impressed with it like super impressed it, battery life very very good price very reasonable loads of choice of watch faces um yeah and the tracking data as well quite impressed so i use it to track again my workouts so whether it be running whether it be like strength workouts, mainly as a monitor of my heart rate. Um, I use it again to keep an eye on my steps. I also tell the time on it because it's a watch. It's also good to mention. Um, yeah, I keep an eye on the steps. I use it for the weather sometimes, like because it has weather in there. I also find the sleep um, cycles quite useful. I do find it quite useful as a monitor of sleep. Um, not for me to actively use that data, really. I don't let it influence how I change my behavior, but I do find it interesting to track trends. So say I do have a late night and my sleep, or I wake up and I feel like I had a really restless night's sleep. Like last night and the night before I had quite a restless night's sleep. Saturday night I had a couple of glasses of wine it was a really like strong full-bodied red wine which actually doesn't sit very well with me and it doesn't get me down into that like deeper levels of sleep so I had one of those sleeps where I felt like I was awake all night again showed on the watch didn't get into those deep sleep cycles consistently so I find that quite interesting um and also like being a woman I actually use it to track my menstrual cycle as well so I put the data in the app on there so I can track that so I can actually see like weeks in response to training and how I'm feeling and how tired I am so I find it quite a good place as a hub for data for that I don't let it influence anything that I do and I don't change my behavior according to the data that it gives me but I just find it a good tool to actually um yeah, just to actually have one place to monitor it all. One thing I do think is really important to mention, like, so you're, you've got the Apple Watch, haven't you? And you've got an iPhone. Do they link together? So like a, if you, like a dream, like a dream, like a dream. If you are tracking your run on your watch, do you have your phone with you? And do you, does it pick up the run separately on your phone? Yes. Yeah, so, so I <laughs> recently I've been going out with my phone because I've been worried that Sarah might call saying that she's going into labor yeah okay fair <laughs> but enough. as a yeah as a rule of thumb oh that's one of the reasons why i got the watch yeah so i could leave the phone at home yeah, okay. and it will just track it on it yeah. just tracks it on there and you can yeah um yeah it just makes life yeah. a bit easier because one thing i think is really important to mention so i've had various like fitbit devices over I was, the years i was well. going to ask you this because i've only ever had um yeah that that apple, that watch, apple so watch I, so i haven't really got a comparison that i can draw from i used to have an apple watch when i had an iphone i actually hated it because i think the battery life's crap you have to charge it every night i had one of the really old first generation ones and the quality wasn't very good um they're a lot better now so then i moved and got a cheaper just a fitbit um and I found huge inconsistencies with the data that I'd mm. get from my phone and then the data on the Fitbit with regards to distance traveled and steps. And um, again, even though I've got two um, pieces of tech from the same company, again, the, the inconsistencies aren't huge, but there, there are inconsistencies. And this is a really important thing to mention when you're actually using wearable tech and wearable data, especially if you're letting it influence your behavior. Like one of the reasons that wearable tech is a 
good measure of um of this type of data is because it is consistent it is consistent with how inaccurate it is <laughs> therefore it is a good useful tool to use so yes you can argue yeah but it's it's not an accurate representation of how many steps you've done that day and jack and i've had this conversation all the time because he's such an engineer so he's like yeah but it doesn't work this way it should work this way how accurate is it it's it uses an accelerometer i think so or most of them use that kind of accelerometer so it's very much like force generated through certain types of movement so the argument is if you're walking ridiculously slowly that it actually wouldn't generate any kind of step or something like that so but as long as you are using it exactly the same like on day-to-day -day basis the data you will receive will be of a consistent inaccuracy that it is available to use as a parameter of your movement. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. T two points on that. The first one is nothing is perfect, right? So even like calories on packets, I remember telling my client this once that like there's, a, I think it's like a 10% it can be yeah. like 10% out or something like that. It might be yeah, I did, no, I did this as part of my nutritional qualification yeah. last year and it can be anything up to 25% inaccurate, the and actual it, calories it and levels of macronutrients on food. Yeah. And it blows people's minds that they can yeah. be that far off. Like, oh, how can they put that on the packet? And it's like, well, because it's just, because that's kind of the accepted margin of error. Um, just like when something has high protein on it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's high protein. It's just got X amount of grams that qualifies to get it stamped with that. Um, yeah, so don't, don't kind of beat yourself up or don't worry about it. One thing I will say, so I can't speak um, as someone who's, who's had different wearables. I've only ever had the, um, the Apple Watch, but at least two clients, and I've heard it before as well, have said once they've gone from the, or once they've had Fitbit and Apple Watch, say that the, app, the, the Fitbit overestimates steps, or at least in comparison to the Apple Watch seems mm. to to have you walk in um you know like thousand maybe like a couple of thousand steps more a day which you know again it's not it's not going to completely change your routine based off that but it's just if you if you are going from one to the other um it's not like you're suddenly walking less it's just yeah. that you're wearing a different bit of tech and then you have to kind of recalibrate and then use that as your new your new baseline yeah. but yeah there, there is always some margin of error there's yeah. always some margin like of error. my watch is telling me right now that i've walked 11,242 steps and my phone is telling me i've walked 11,780 so that's like a 500 step difference on two pieces of kit that yeah you could argue that my my watch has probably been on is on my person so technically should be the bigger one but my phone yeah. is actually saying yeah. more so you have to allow for these things and if you think that's just something that's steps so that's just movement issues with this type of data is when you get into the realms of nutrition and actually using this data to to actually give you your calorie burn value and then people are using that calorie burn value alongside nutritional data that these pieces of tech have absolutely no way of measuring how many calories you are burning during exercise it is based on your variability of your heart rate which again we can question the inaccuracies for sure it's also based on your like the amount of steps you're doing per day it, it it's based on so much so much like how rested you are how well hydrated you are like how well you've slept like your cat there's so much that's made up of your calorie burn into your calorie burn so i think when people start using that data to influence their behavior in terms of their nutritional intake that's where i think we start to get into the limitations of this kind of wearable tech yeah completely agree completely agree i think i i, I can't remember the last time i advised the client to um kind of pay too much attention to the calorie burn yeah. in, in maybe that's not strictly true i suppose like if you're doing if i'm working with people that do say like endurance running mm. i think that's quite interesting like if you're out for a couple of hours then then suddenly like nutrition becomes part of, of the run Massively. potentially um so then maybe you can but even then we're we're, ba we're basing it off estimates yeah like I, I i can get like a ballpark estimate based on someone's running pace and their body weight 
you know, I can, I, I can kind of be like, right, we might need, you know, X amount of grams of carbs per hour or whatever. Um, and you're not going to be, it's not going to be massively different from person to person. Like, again, if you took tiny female or morbidly obese 60 stone man, yeah, obviously their burns are going to be different, but most people kind of fit in a fairly, um, like narrow range. What I was going to say, like the, the one for the one we kind of joked about, like for women, like stick a woman on 1500 calories, yeah. you're going to be there or thereabouts because they, the, their BMR isn't going to be massively different and we're not talking about bmr over a day for exercise we're talking about you know what someone burns let's say on an out for over a course of an hour on a treadmill like if me you jack sarah all go for a run we'll all burn different yeah but if we're all kind of going at the same pace or covering the same distance the burn's going to be you know maybe there's a hundred calories difference from top to bottom yeah. between us it's, it's yeah. not massively different it's not hugely different no. so you don't need to um so this maybe is i don't know if you want to kind of leave leave it as a, se- a separate section in terms of like problems with wearable tech but just to kind of pitch one out there people becoming obsessed with it oh yeah i think we'll come on to that later <laughs> yeah, it's like problem number one for but me, this all comes under the umbrella of how useful is that data to you and i think you hit the nail on the head there by saying you've never advised a client to actually pay any attention to the calorie burn on their wearable tech. And I would never, I would always do exactly the same. I would never advise a client to pay pay any attention to that either. Because the main thing, like we've always said repeatedly on this podcast is do a kind of exercise that you enjoy. If it's running and you choose to track that data, then yes, focus on the performance of your runs. Um, and if your performance is getting better, it doesn't actually matter how much calories you're burning anyway. Yes, in terms of regards to refueling, it might do. But again, like if you're hungry, eat. Um, if you feel like shit on your runs, eat more. Like well, probably, you- probably the biggest reason why I don't advise it. And, and normally it's because, again, the majority of people that I, if I was working exclusively with triathletes, this would be different. I'd, I'd, I'd be paying more attention to it but let's just say um you know the most clients that i work with there's some kind of like fat loss slash weight loss tied up in it um and the problem with saying you know looking at your watch and saying oh i've burned 600 calories in that workout is that people ask me like oh should i then eat 600 calories in to make up for it and i'm like well actually if you think about it if this is a weight loss goal let's kind of not be dictated to by like session to session because you might have a 600 calorie burn one day and then you have a rest day and then you do a yoga session you only burn like 150 200 and then you go and play football in the park and then you go for a run or a bike and you burn like 800 calories trying to micromanage from like session to session burn to burn Mm. is just not it's more it's more problems it causes more problems than it than it solves but I've worked with endurance athletes before as well. And it's, that's even hard with endurance athletes when you know consistent, when you know that it, that takes at least a, a month to two months of data to even get an average of what their possible calorie burn could be to then think about refueling them. So like we are talking about the average Joe that is a very much, um, vocational exerciser and just where's this data, where's this tracker and where's this data, as something else to inform, you know, their runs, you know, like if you are going to work towards a very much a performance endurance goal and you're thinking about fueling yourself accordingly, that yes, we need that data, but we also need a lot of data over a long period of time. And even then there's a lot of guesstimation that comes into a refueling strategy. Like, and even that person is not going to have, like you say, exactly the same energy output on day to day because there needs to be rest days because, you know, maybe they've done a strength session and they're a little bit fatigued when they go into the next run. Like there's all different nuances. So yeah, we are talking about just your normal Joe blogs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay. So wearable tech aside then, um, obviously we we get into the new nutritional side of data. We have things like, um, obviously we've got, the scales, like the normal scales that the way yourself and your gravitational pull of mass towards the center of the earth, because that is all that number is. Um, it's also, we've also got like food weighing scales as well. So if we're measuring out portions of different types of food, um, we've got BMR. 
So we got BMI, we've got um, body fat, um, body here's fat quick, percentages. Go on. Here's a, here's a question for you, mate. Based on that, then, so you know the scale. So like, you've, I'm sure you were speaking about the, the client previously, but I've got a guy I'm working with, working with at the moment as well. Loves his data and he's got the scales with like you know BMI, body yeah. fat percentage, hydration. Yeah. Do, 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 I've do, got them. Yeah, all that's all that stuff. Um, how useful do you think they are? actually two questions how useful and how accurate oh very inaccurate but consistently inaccurate <laughs> same as so, before yeah, yeah same point right um very 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 inaccurate so it's based on um bioelectrical impedance isn't it so it's a electrical pulse that gets sent through your body to measure all these things in a very very quick space of time so i think mine measure like bone density muscle muscle mass body fat hydration like I'm sorry if Amazon are selling that $15.99, like why aren't they using that at universities? Cause that's like wowzers. Like, and that's what you've got to question yourself. If you're relying, if you're basing decisions around your exercise and nutrition based on a piece of data that costs you 15 pounds 99 from Amazon, it's not going to be very accurate. Like it's just not, yes, it's consistently inaccurate and it can show trends, but <sighs> A, I don't give a shit what my body fat percentage is. And uh, to be honest, unless you're going to step on stay on stage in some budgie smugglers or be an athlete where that actually matters, neither should anybody else. And B, like it, it just creates, it. people can get very obsessed with this kind of stuff. So what was your other question? One was like, how accurate are they? What, do, what was the other thing you asked me? How useful. How useful. Yeah, like... <laughs> Not very like, and this is one thing I get, I do with a lot of my clients is if they, if they come to me already weighing themselves, I take that away from them instantly. I'm like, right, we need to stop that to start with, because I always say with my clients, I start with them at the point that they're going to end up. So I start them with a pattern of eating that is going to be sustainable for the rest of their life, wherever we go with that towards their goal that's what happens and that's the journey but we start at the place that we're going to finish so that is not weighing yourself every day um giving you 1600 calories for the rest of your life okay so i don't want to step on the scales every day of my life until i'm 80 like, and i hope nobody else does either and like we've spoken about before andy who gives a shit it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what your weight is and part of working with um, a professional with regards to your nutrition to get you to your goal is understanding the different things that go into that number and the fluctuations that happen like a especially if you're a woman throughout the month and b just with regards to what you put in your mouth like how it's digested whether you've been to the toilet or not how much water you've drank like I've got one athlete I work with and bless her. Like I love her to death. She won't mind me saying like, she messaged me this morning going, I'm going to have a meltdown because my weight has fluctuated so much. We've been working together for over a year. She needs to fit in a specific weight category in order to be able to compete and for her lifts to count. And obviously we don't want that process of like dieting her down to be too restrictive because then her training actually suffers. So, um, diets and periods of restriction tend to be long and slow so if we do have to cut weight at the end it's just generally a small manipulation of water anyway she weighs herself every day because that's necessary data for her to be able to compete in her sport and even she freaks out knowing what goes into that number because a lot of the time that data whilst useful to her, it's very important to know what goes into that. And that's what the average Joe does not get taught, particularly at these fucking Slimming World clubs that get you to go and weigh once a week at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, not, <laughs> that was not, a Rambo rant. Not the most reliable data set in the world, the, the once a week, the once a week evening weigh. Um, so anyway, when I said that, um, yeah, the first thing I do with my clients is like take away that that data and say I don't want you to do that you heartily started nodding along so talk to me about that as well that's obviously something you do with your clients yeah I just think so in particular with those types of scales so like just to, to, so this is where I come from um with with this like if 
I think it would be amazing if we had an accurate way of measuring um, body fat, uh, you know, body fat loss for most people and muscle gain or muscle loss. Oh, It'd be amazing yeah. if you could track that because then I think people would freak out less on the scales because when they got, if you got on and you had this little thing that said, you are 0.5 kilos heavier today and it's 99% fluid. You'd be like, ah, oh, nice, cool. It's just yeah. like I drank an extra glass of water last night. That's what that is. But unfortunately, as much as those scales kind of purport to um, give you that, they are they are a little bit all over the place and how hydrated you are can massively skew that yeah. skew that number. Yeah. Um, so the guy who who already had the scales when he's when we started working together exactly the same as you he sent me this kind of data mm. so i had a quick look through it and on the email he said oh i've also had a dex scan done and it was i think five percent out on body fat um the scales versus the dex scan so he's like what i do is on the bot on the uh, on the scales now i you know minus five percent so i kind of know roughly what the because uh, he's just like and he was laughing he was like i can't believe they were that they were that far out i was like yeah, yeah. i know but at least you know he said i guess I, at least they're, if they're five if they're always about five percent out i can go with that and we were like yeah actually do you know what let's just do that yeah from now on um if someone comes to me and they've got no scales whatsoever and they're like oh should i get these you know 160 pound all singing all dancing scales i'm like absolutely no way in the world should you do that and actually for 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 a lot of people that want to lose weight so say like you're listening to this now and you want to reduce body fat or, or get um increased muscle tone just look leaner if that's like a goal and it is for a lot of people uh, and that goes beyond weight loss it's not just like oh i just want to lose weight it's like no i want to be physically active and hold on to yeah. my muscle mass having a scales can be massively helpful to like, like Amy said, to spot trends. If you start a diet, you start the way in the, you know, the daily way process or whatever. Um, if that's like your, you know, your goal for whatever reason, then that can be really useful. A reliable bog standard, like 15 pound pair of scales that you don't need to spend any more than that. There is that question, like as Amy alluded to, like when you first start with someone, it's like, do you really want to go down this path? Mm. And for a lot of people, it's a case of actually, let's just get you eating a little bit better first. Let's improve like food quality. And mm. then that actually, you know, just by focusing on that, then suddenly all the good things happen and then body fat starts coming down. They feel better. They sleep better. They yeah. perform better. And, and I, that, that's why it's useful sometimes to start there as opposed to, right, let's start measuring every metric under the sun yeah. from the get go. And my issue here as well, and this is very much links into when we get like when we're about to probably just get into actually weighing out your food as well. My issue is when individuals focus on this data point as a measure of their progress rather than how they feel how they look and how their how their confidence has grown how their digestion system is moving how their skin is looking how their clothes are fitting how their how attractive their partners are finding them like you know all these other things that have so much more so much heavier influence on our health and people are choose, still choosing to focus on this number as a as a measure of their progress I think we've got to uh I think I think one of the problems we're in as a society at the moment is that we are so focused on information and getting data that we have moved away from the more tangible things so the more subjective things that we feel and for some women I know like I've worked with women that have got had irregular menstrual cycles for years and for some women getting a regular cycle back is an absolute like that is just the the pinnacle of what they want to achieve but yet they step on the scales and the scales might have gone up a kilo or two and that's what makes them feel like crap. And this is my issue with this kind of data. Like we are less focused on how we are actually feeling. We are less focused on the food that's in front of them unless we weigh unless we've weighed every single morsel. And we know that that's 174 calories of chicken or 25 grams of protein, like rather than actually looking and seeing what's in front of us, actually looking in the mirror and going, 
oh, my shoulders are a bit more defined or these jeans don't fit as tightly as they did three weeks ago. Oh, okay. There's a bit of abs there. Like I didn't have them four weeks ago. So, you know, there's an, and there's an argument that, yeah, we can track progress by taking photos. Yeah. That is still data. Yes, of course it's still data, but it's a lot harder to see those trends when you're actually looking at yourself in the mirror every day. But like we focus less on these physical aspects of health and more on what these numbers uh, we think are telling us. And I think we lose all perspective about what these numbers are telling us. And I think that's the problem with this data. I do have clients that weigh every single day. I do have clients that track their macros and track their food, but that's not our starting point. Our starting point is the understanding of where they want to get to at their goal and the understanding of what that data is telling them. And I think that's really, really important. And I did have a rant today on Facebook, on Instagram, sorry, about um, about personal trainers and coaches that just say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll make you, I'll be accountable. Pay me for your nutrition. Here's your macros. Here's your protein. Off you go. Well, you've just put your client on a diet again. Okay. And that is not what they've come to you for. And that is not, that is not progressive personalized nutrition coaching. It's like, we've just said, you can put anyone on any small female on 1500 calories. They're probably going to lose weight. Like it's, it's not individual. It's not relevant data. It doesn't teach them how to live a healthier life. And these are the things that's where I come from as a nutritionist. This isn't a personal advert for us, <laughs> but like, I hopefully like you, everyone understands the meaning around what I'm saying there. Yeah. I think that that comes from like the coming more from a place of health than aesthetics though. That's mm. kind of like your default and just, you're a good human. So, oh, I'm all right. I'm not bad. I can be a knob sometimes. But it, but it, um, it's difficult, right? Because you, when you meet someone and they're, you do the consultation and you get that kind of vibe that, oh wow, they're, you know, they are a little bit obsessed, a little bit carried away with that that scale weight, and it's kind of it overshadows everything. Mm. Um, you do feel for people like that, and you can, as much as we can, um counsel people as nutritionists like nutrition counseling um sometimes people have got some kind of other issues to unpack and yeah like amy said it's very easy to take take someone's money and say yep i can help you lose weight here's your macros here's your food plan crack on check in in four weeks you should have lost four pounds you know and it's just it's, it's so much more than that yeah i mean the thing is if you wanted to do that right and i'm not saying you should but if you wanted to do that don't pay someone to do that <laughs> just go and use an online tracker work yeah. it out on that punch your numbers in because that's all yeah. that they do um and then go on to like men's health and copy their the, you know plan of the week to get you six back abs. i mean that yeah. i mean you know that's kind of it right it's i'm not trying to sell our services short but yeah that's that. but, but we're not trying to sell our services short as, at all because we do so much more than that as nutritionists like, here's a question ramba then so let's take let's take it back so let's assume in that you have someone and you've been working with them for a little while or even they come to you and they've they're a kind of a seasoned trainer right they yeah. kind of know what's going on um you talk about their motivations their goals their yeah. training family work stress and they're like they've got everything locked down yeah. they're sleeping happy days it's like and you're like whoa what do you need me for you're you're set and they're like right all i want to do i want to lower my body fat percentage yeah. just want to lower it down like you know a few percent whatever that is just look a bit leaner don't want to be ripped just want to be a bit leaner how would you go about how would you advise them tracking or what would you track as a coach assuming that everything else like food quality and everything else is this will never happen in real life by the way but assuming that every other condition was met in your eyes so they've got the perfect diet in terms of like food quality fiber uh, fruits and yeah. veg water hydration sleep stress i would okay then interesting I would, and they just wanted to lose a bit of a couple of percent of body fat, for example. They're like, um, I feel like I'm in a good place. And you're like, yep, you are. But I just don't know what to do. What do I do? I track my food. Do I use the scales? Do I use the tape measure? Like, how do I know that I'm losing body fat from week to week or month to month? Um, first of all, I work with the client. So I would agree with them a... Monitor, a way of monitoring their progress that they can commit to and agree to. So that could be photos like once a week. 
if they're happy to do that. Some people aren't, some people are. Um, even if you're uncomfortable, I never say that they have to be sent to me. They can just be as a documentation of their own personal progress. But I think it's really important to have a visual. Um, it can be the tape measure. It can be the pair of jeans that they're like, I really don't feel comfortable in those jeans. And I'm like, okay, great. They are how we are going to measure your progress. Okay. So it'll be that pair of jeans. I want you to try them on once a week, every week, to see how we're going. Okay. Um, if they see, if they've got a way of training, they enjoy, if it is literally just about tightening things up, I Tra might work training set, training, Tra everything set. Yeah. Okay. I might work with them just for put with portion sizes. It might be that they actually, if they're diet is all fine it might be that we just need to work with them with portion sizes so okay let's get your portions nailed to ensure that you're not overeating so we might start working with the hands in terms of like palm of protein like i i talk to them about period like their schedule like what does their schedule look look like what times during their day do they require their own the the most energy so i'd start to think about maybe timing the carbohydrates around their periods of energy or around their training uh, maybe making the other meals slightly less carbohydrate so just to limit the the intake that way and i'd give them a real protein focus if they wanted to track and they were happy to use a, f a food tracking app to do that, then I would get them to track their calories and their protein requirements. That is all they need to track. I don't give a shit about carbs and fats. That's personal preference. Like I said, time your, time your carbs around your workout or time your carbs around the time where you know your energy slumps a little bit. Me personally, I like my carbs in the evening because that's when Jack and I have a big meal and I slump around three o'clock. So I have like most of my carbs around then all my other meals are high protein. I might also give them a bit of a blanket recommendation to say, okay, I want at least 20 to 30 grams of protein at each meal spread out throughout the day and however fits in with your lifestyle. But again, that would be, that is so blanket and knowing how that fits in someone's lifestyle needs so much more personal consultation because they might know not, they might not know how to set that up in their so lifestyle. This is the thing, right? Because a lot of what we do, so so I would say like what you were talking about there in terms of like um, uh, you know positioning the carbs slightly differently throughout the day to correspond with workouts and stuff. That to me is like icing on the cake stuff. Yeah. And the reason why you're talking about icing on the cake stuff is that everything else is everything set. else is nailed. <laughs> Every, everything else is good. So like portion. So like I find that an interesting question, right? Because obviously in the real world there normally there will be a work stress or there might be an injury or there might be something that needs to be done with the training or there might be um, uh, food intolerances or they might be a vegan and suddenly, yeah, you've got all this other stuff to think about. But actually when it comes down to it, if your diet's really good, so if you're sat there now and you're like, do you know what? I'm kind of in a good place here. I'm in a good position to start dieting to lose a bit of body fat. Portion sizes. So whether you use like, you know, literally look at the plate in front of you or kind of just, go by feel or whether you start to track in fitness pal that is the easiest way oh just God. to just to make a start especially if food quality is insured and then i agree with with rambo i think if it's body fat percentage i would not everyone likes doing this but you don't have to share them i would use photos over if you're if you are serious and you're going to be doing this over months you you know take a photo every couple of weeks you're not going to see like massive changes but over two months three months four months you will if you if you if you're on track with the with the food you will physically see and feel mm. a difference and I then see. yeah things like the pair of jeans and stuff are great because then you get mm. that like that physical feeling as well as the visual in the mirror yeah. um yeah. but yeah that's they're the thing you don't need to track every last morsel to do that no. a simple no. tweak to portion size so actually when you think about effort reward then it suddenly becomes a lot more doable you know, oh, something was a lot more doable. Hugely. And this is why progress is, progress is never linear. You know, this is why progress is never linear for all those things that you've just said. Like, mate, I've got another question for you. Oh, just, just here popped, we go. It just popped into my head. Okay. Go um, on. This, so this is for, let's say for you personally. Yeah. You can only track one thing. So let's go with, again, let's go with weight loss again or reducing body fat. You can only track one thing to ensure that in pick a period of time, three months, that in three months time, you've lost 
significant body fat what do you track calories <laughs> so what's so basically fitness pal yeah uh yeah oh yeah oh yeah other apps yeah. are available other apps are available yeah i track my calories personally yeah. if i was tracking anything um so you you would rather track you so this so i find this interesting so a lot of people would go with scales there right Oh, oh, like, yeah, massively. Oh, you're right. I don't know if you're asking me, is Amy the nutritionist or Amy, like the, the nine I, years of dieting kind of, you know? As, as you're sat there today, but for yourself, like, I know you, you don't want to lose weight or whatever, but let's just say you wanted to, like, what and I, would, I, I, I yeah. only gave you one thing you if could If I wanted to lose to. weight, I would not even, st- or lose body fat. I wouldn't even step on the scales. I, pr- I would not even step on the scales. Because they have my... because they have no influence no. over over what's coming up. Absolutely no influence. I would I would track my calories because I know how my clothes feel. I know how my body looks when it's at its leanest. I know how my body looks when it's at its plumpest. I know how my body fluctuates throughout my menstrual cycle. I know my bowel movements. You know, like I know all those things. So if I've stepping on the scales and I haven't had a poo for two days, yes, I'm going to be a couple of kilos heavier. I'm then not like, do you know what I mean? I, I, Rambo's, that's what it Rambo's comes down packing to. a couple of extra kilos. <laughs> that's what it comes down to though. You know, like, so I would track my calories and I trust that science, but I also would probably use my wearable tech to make sure that I'm staying active during the day and monitoring that data as well. Yeah. You know? Again, um, right. It's, it's not, it's not like a, these are not scenarios that you're probably ever going to have to, or that people listening are ever going to have to encounter, but what it does do, it gets you thinking about, right. Do I want to say, you know, someone who's been given, I don't know, given an Apple watch for the birthday or for Christmas, not like, right. I'm going to track my sleep and then I'm going to, I'm going to monitor that run and I burnt 500 calories there. And then what are my calories for the day? Yeah. Brilliant. If you're into that, if you're kind of, you know, tech savvy and you love a spreadsheet and you love the data and it's kind of enjoyable, it's like a game and it's fun. Yeah. Do it. Awesome. Enjoy it. But if you're like struggling to get results, it's becoming a little bit overwhelming. What the hell do I track next? Oh God, what's going on? Pick the one thing that's closely aligned yeah. to your goal and that you know is going <laughs> to, that's going to kind of get you there. Yeah. Cause you know, like me, me and Amy both know, like if we, if we want to, if we want to lose body fat, and we know how many calories we're taking in during the day. We've got some obviously like background knowledge. Like I know if I eat around two, 2000, 2200, I'm going to lose at like a, a pretty good rate over, over a period of months. Um, and I've got faith in that and I know it works. Like regardless of whether, like we said, if you, you lose half a pound a week or two pounds a week or pound and a half a week, it's going to be going down. Um, and just mm-hmm. that one thing needs to be, needs to be checked off. So do think about that in terms of your own, like your own goals and what you're trying to trying to achieve. Yeah. And like just a final note on like tracking your food and my fitness pal and things like that. And again, this comes back to like linked into the rant I had on Instagram today. If you follow me on Instagram, um, a lot of my clients are vegetarian or vegan and they struggle to get their protein in. So my fitness pal can be a really, really useful tool so they understand what certain quantities of protein look like in their diet and the, how that corresponds to the food they eat. So for example, client this morning tracked breakfast because I've started setting her a protein goal because one of her one of her goals, along with her resistance training, is to actually lean and tighten up and actually get a little bit more defined in her figure. So I've set her a protein goal. So we tracked today breakfast, which was a slice of wholemeal bread, two we um two egg two eggs so two scrambled eggs with spinach in there spring onion and a little bit of like low fat salad cheese like feta kind of thing we didn't track the spinach we didn't track the spring onions like that's negligible absolutely negligible in terms of calories it's it's greens it's micronutrients I don't want her tracking that kind of stuff the main thing for her is her protein so we tracked um the slice of bread we tracked the cheese and we tracked the eggs, the scrambled eggs. Okay. And first of all, we put it on the plate. She looked at it and she saw what it looked like. She saw what the eggs looked like. She cooked it. She saw what the portion of cheese looked like. She cooked it. She looked at the plate and she saw what that plate of food looks like. She then put the data in my fitness pal and saw what it gave her in terms of calories, carbs, and protein. So now 
she can make that meal without having to input every single finite detail on my fitness pal or even if she forgets to put it in my fitness pal now she's seen what that meal looks like and she's like I know that that meal is 350 calories and 26 grams of protein brilliant she's got confidence she's got confidence but she's looked at it yeah she's not tried to fit this data set based on what she's got in the fridge she's hit these parameters but it's also been easy she also now doesn't rely on my fitness pal every single day of the week to give her that meal that gives her what it needs i think the danger with things like this is when they become a crutch because you don't know what your food looks like or tastes like without having put it in this app um and that's a big thing um, in order to actually look at your food, know and trust. It's actually having trust in yourself. Oh, I think that, it's, so, it's so useful. Oh, it's, it's, having it's so, trust so in useful. yourself to build yourself a plate of food that you know gives you what you need. And let's face it, if that plate of food gives you 28 calories, 28 grams of protein or 26 grams of protein, does it really fucking matter? Like, honestly, does it really matter? Yeah, Unless I mean... you're going to step on stage in some bug- budgie smugglers, it probably doesn't. So no. 160 grams of Greek yogurt as opposed to 150 grams of Greek yogurt, again, it's negligible. So, like, come back to that podcast bingo. What is the goal? Does it really matter? Yeah spot on spot on um <laughs> with the i mean that that tool is in like so yeah the first say you've never used fitness pal before but you fancy it and you you go ahead and start tracking for a while once you've you know we're creatures of habit we tend to eat similar things there'll be like similar dishes that you enjoy eating and once you've quantified it and you've kind of put it in fitness pal once or twice or whatever even over the course of a month well you don't need to do that then because you know that you know greek yogurt berries bit of granola or whatever is x amount of calories and you can kind of have faith in that and you can actually you build in you use the app to build some good habits and actually gain some knowledge and then that knowledge is yours forever exactly if if you eat and this is another reason why when you're trying to diet or when you're trying to gain muscle or when you're trying to perform well eat foods you enjoy because they're going to be the foods that you're going to be eating forever and this is what me and amy talk about like leaving people in a better position than when we found them like they, if they're eating foods they enjoy they're going to do they're going to do it in the long term and then it's just a case of i know that salmon potato and vegetables is a healthy meal it's just when i'm running the iron man i'm going to eat a little bit more of that <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean it's, it's it's not like oh well, i've got to completely shift that food out now and bring in something different or, yeah. or these are my dieting foods i'm only ever going to have them yeah there will be some differences but there'll be subtle differences and the the biggest change will just be in portion size yes. not suddenly this is my shake diet now and this is my bulking diet which yeah. is basically a truckload of junk food yeah you know that's that's what you want to try and avoid no no we've gone off on a slight tangent no we haven't we haven't because it's it's using that thing that tool as a crutch and that's what it comes back to if you honestly have anxiety about leaving things behind or some coaches or pt has set you on a diet and you don't know what the after plan is you don't know what the plan is after you stop following that meal plan following that diet or stop using my fitness pal you don't know what the end game or the get out clause is then you have an issue and you should start asking questions because these are tools. It's just a tool to build awareness and build education. And we should have trust in ourselves and our bodies. Oh, that's my timer telling me that my slow cooked chili is done. Oh, look at that. <laughs> She's a bloody pro. Bloody I've pro. I've done this before. Um, is there anything else you would like to cover, mate? Is there anything? No, I think that's it. I got quite passionate about that. But the, like one of the reasons I do feel so passionate about this data is I know it can be useful. And I've I've been there. I've been ruled by these things because I thought that this is going to make a difference. And the one thing that makes a difference is being consistent and being patient and actually knowing what you're going to do at the end of it and knowing how useful this data is to you. Um, and I think it's really, really important when you enter any kind of 
goal orientated you know pursuit that you know what the purpose is at the end of it and what the whole what the what the plan is at the end of it once you've reached that goal it's like you always said about the lifeguard who wanted the six pack you know like okay what's going to happen after that like is I mean, I, de- I definitely didn't convince him with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he who's was, this old geezer? <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. I could see it in his eyes. See it in his eyes. Is there um, anything else you want to add, mate? Yeah, j- just just a couple of quick ones. Um, tracking apps and and using data—it's not good or bad. Like with most of the stuff in the in the fitness industry, it's not good or bad, black or white. It's how you use it. And I think that, yeah, as a first port of call, just to save you from wasting time, pick and track the things that are going to be um, most relevant to your goal. That kind of makes sense. Um, I suppose if I, th- I think the biggest problem with with data, I don't think it's the inaccuracy. I think within reason, they're like, you know, they're ballpark accurate. And like mm. you said, if they're consistently 5% out, well, then happy days, just stick with that bit of kit and, and you're good to go. I think the biggest problem is people that get too wrapped up in the numbers uh, and just get end up being a bit overwhelmed with it. So there, again, I can't give like a, a blanket recommendation to everyone um, because it's completely personal. But I would say as a rule of thumb, if the thought of like, say me as a nutritionist, taking fitness pal away from you or taking the scales away from you, or, you know, you're wearable, if that causes you to go into like sweats and panic mode, then maybe you've gone a little bit too far down the rabbit hole. And I know we've spoken about this before, but it doesn't mean you suddenly go cold Turkey and lock yourself in a room without your Apple watch but just start winding things back a little bit. So fitness pal is the perfect example. If you are down the realms of every gram of protein, every macro looking at micros, looking at fiber, every, you know, the spinach going on the scales, weighing out slices of bread, just take a step back. Maybe just start weighing the carbs, maybe take a day off a week. Maybe if you can do a week without it, and maybe you do like a week on week off, but just don't, it shouldn't cause a stress. And this is like the difference between acute versus chronic. Like if I'm trying to run a certain pace and I miss it, I'm fucked off and I'm annoyed. And I'm like, and, and that, and the reason I'm annoyed is because I'm looking at my watch and it hasn't said the number that I want kind of irrational, but that's fine because I'm, I look at it. I'm like, right, well, next week I'll get it. And I leave, I'm not lying in bed thinking, oh God, oh, I've got to break seven minutes next week. I, I'm not taking that with me. Whereas I know with calories and diet and stuff, it's like every meal it comes around, every snack. Oh God, I, I can't scan it. Oh, the barcode's not on. Oh, I'm going around friends for dinner tonight. You know, that's where it gets. We've said it before, but if you get to that stage, find a way of stepping back from it um, because you, you'll, you'll thank yourself in the long run Absolutely. for sure. One other point, mate, quick one. It's another bit of um, technology or another app that I can't believe I didn't mention. Sarah's contractions. We used the little, we used the tracker on that. Or she did until it got too painful. And then then I took over. That's quite, that's quite useful. I bet it was. Where it's like, she didn't want to punch you in the face at all while you were doing call that. The, uh, time to call the hospital. Time to call the midwife. Love that. Actually, Love we, that. we went early, you know. We, call, we called up and they were like, oh, no you're fine, you're good. Then I started tracking it and we went another hour and I was like, these feel, I feel like we should call them, we should call them back. And we did. And then the woman on the phone was like, and does she talking about, so she's like, and would she like to come in? I looked over and says, got like both hands on the kitchen Island, like doubled over. I'm like, yeah, I think, yeah. She, I think she would like to come yeah. in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Love that, man. And lucky we did. Love lucky that. we did. Love that. Um, I think just to wrap up, I just want to say if this has really resonated with anybody, whether they have done a diet or in the middle of a diet, um, have found themselves down a tracking data hole, (laughs) don't want to do that for the rest of their lives. um, And they just want to explore like what working with a coach would actually look like. 
um then please do get in touch you know um like we love a we love hearing from you with regards to feedback i've had some lovely emails this week um from people and messages on instagram so thank you very much and yeah, like thanks, oh, thanks for that that's we really appreciate yeah that's we really, really do sweet, appreciate really it so like and if anyone any of you would like to get in touch about working with us for personal personalized nutrition coaching then do send us an email or send us a message and we'll get in touch so um thank you very much thanks daddy scrags cheers mate it's been an absolute pleasure i'll that try I'll, I'll try and get the little man on next time hold him up like I'll, I'll try and get him to contribute something meaningful yeah. awesome awesome <laughs> um yeah that was fun mate thanks cool look after yourself and um we will uh, we'll speak to you soon yeah thanks listeners bye-bye take it easy bye-bye thank you for listening to the not another fitness podcast Andy and I really do appreciate all your feedback and questions that you take the time to send us. If you really like the podcast and you're listening via Spotify or another platform, please share it either via Instagram, Facebook or direct with anyone you think would enjoy it. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please pop down, give us a five star rating and a little review. We really do love reading all your feedback. And if you want to follow us over on our socials or get in touch with us direct, you'll find me over on Instagram at Coach Amy Rams with a Z. And you'll find Andy over on Facebook at his Facebook group, Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy. And as long as you're not an absolute tool, he'll probably accept you. And they were his words, not mine. <laughs>